This is Fearless Rebel Radio, a podcast about body positivity, self-worth, anti-dieting, and feminism. I am your host, Summer Inanen, a professionally trained coach specializing in body image, self-worth, and confidence, and the best-selling author of Body Image Remix. If you're ready to break free of societal standards and stop living behind the number on your scale, then you have come to the right place. Welcome to the show. This is episode 82, and I'm interviewing Bethany Webster, writer and transformational coach an expert on the mother wound. Today, we are diving deep into the intricacies of our relationship with our mothers and how that relates to the way that we feel about ourselves. There is so much good stuff in this episode. You can find all the links and resources mentioned in this podcast, including a link to Bethany's free guide and her courses at summerinanen.com forward slash 82. That's eight two. Before we begin, I have a couple announcements. First, there is some really exciting stuff coming your way, including an opportunity to get the audio version of my best-selling book, Body Image Remix, for free. Keep your eyes peeled for that. Make sure that you are signed up to receive my weekly updates. You can do that at summerinanin.com forward slash freebies. You're automatically getting my weekly updates if you've signed up to get the free 10-day body confidence makeover. And if you haven't already done so, please go to iTunes and leave a review for this podcast. Leaving a review helps others to find the show and the information that you are learning here. It helps to support body positivity and hopefully bump this podcast up in the ratings so that people are finding this one instead of all of the ones that promote diet culture. Lastly, Fearless Rebel Radio is now on YouTube, so you can stream the audio on YouTube. You can just go to my website, go to the show notes for this episode, summerinandin.com forward slash 82, and you'll see a link to where this is now streaming from YouTube. So if you are a YouTuber, you can subscribe, you can leave reviews, you can leave comments, and uh, that's another way for you to access the show. All right, let's get started. Today's guest is Bethany Webster. She is a writer, transformational coach, international speaker, and what you could call a midwife of the heart. Her work is focused on helping women heal the mother wound so they can step into their divine feminine power and potential. She offers an online course, a private coaching program, and teaches workshops and retreats. Bethany is the author of the forthcoming book, Healing the Mother Wound, Move Beyond What Your Mother Never Gave You, and Become the Woman You're Meant to Be. Her website is womboflight.com. Welcome, Bethany, to the show. Thanks for having me, Summer. It's great to be here. I'm so glad to have you here in the work I do around body image and self-worth. The relationship that we have with our mother plays a huge role in how things develop. So I'm going to be picking your brain quite a bit today. Great. Pick away. <laughs> well, before before we get into the mother wound and some of the dynamics between mothers and daughters and the relationships that we have with them and ourselves, I'm curious to know how you got into this work. What was your relationship with your mother like? Yeah, great question. Yeah, I never really imagined that I'd be doing this work. It really is a byproduct of me going through my own healing journey, which took so long, which is still ongoing, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, But my relationship with my mother was such that from a very early age, I really felt responsible for her emotional well-being. 
So I was what many call a parentified child. So basically didn't have much of a childhood, was kind of like a little adult. And my mom relied heavily on me emotionally uh, for support. And so I developed patterns like, you know, emotional caretaking, a deep sense of shame, a feeling like I needed to be invisible in order to be loved. Because the converse side of that was that whenever I was really big in any way, whether I was confident, outspoken, I was actually more punished for that or mocked for Mm. that. So by the time I was in my early 20s, I really had a lot of issues, you know, poor self-esteem, really bad boundaries. I was kind of an approval seeker looking for people's approval. And I kind of just had this emptiness inside. Like I didn't know who I was. I definitely had issues with my body, kind of, you know, just really hating my body. Mm It's always this background sense of not liking my body, not liking certain parts of my body, shaming myself when I ate foods I liked, things like that. So I had a whole gamut of things going on. And really, I know that what I received from my mother was something she, you know, as a result of her own mother wound that she never dealt with. So... What happened was in my early 20s, well, actually, in my, when I was 19, I got an abortion. I was, I had, you know, just got unexpectedly pregnant in, in college. And I realized, oh my God, you know, it was a big wake up call for me to figure myself out. And I'm really grateful because it really made me step back and say, whoa, I have to, you know, start looking deeply at who I am and what I want and where I'm going. So I got into therapy and on a spiritual path, like right away. And, In those early years, though, when I was in therapy, I really did not want to look at my relationship with my mother because it was just really scary. You know, I knew there was a lot of stuff there that I needed to look at, but I was hoping that if I just kind of did more spiritual stuff Mm -hmm. like yoga and meditation and that I I wouldn't have to deal with it. You know, I think that was what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Like if I just, you know, make myself really spiritual and evolve, then maybe I don't have to look at this. But interestingly enough, what ended up happening was that, yeah, I got into the spiritual stuff. I played out my mother wound a little bit with a spiritual teacher I met who I really projected my mother wound stuff onto. That was another wake-up call. And then I just realized when I was in therapy, I'm like, everything I work on, whether it's my relationship with food, my relationships with men, my relationships with money, you know, all the big stuff, it always ended up coming back to my relationship with my mom and, and the beliefs that I internalized based on the dynamics in that relationship. And after like several years, I was like, oh my gosh, I really do have to look at this. And it was scary as hell. But I realized if I didn't, I was just wasting time and just being on the surface level. And I knew that I wanted, I needed to live a real authentic life. So I started looking at it and it was really painful Oh my God. Yeah, totally painful. But I had the right support and I kept going. And it was interesting because I came to a point along the way that I wasn't expecting that was really quite magical in a way, which was that I realized the deeper I was healing myself with this mother wound, the more I was kind of detoxing and decluttering from a lot of these patterns, the more I felt reconnected with life itself. It's like, I started having these experiences where I just felt for the first time in my life, like I belonged in my body. For the first time, I felt like I belonged on the planet. And it was so visceral and powerful 
and had this overwhelming sense of rightness, like I'm okay, you know, like, and uh, so I realized, wait a second here, something's happening and it's connected to how deeply I'm going into the mother wound and how now I'm having these experiences of existential oneness and feeling complete and feeling real, like feeling like a real person, feeling like I could actually receive love from others, that I was deeply okay, that my body was okay. Like I actually remember one day I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, oh my God, that's what I look like. Mm -hmm. Like all those times I was, you know, trying to make myself smaller and more, you know, fitting onto some ideal. I actually made myself stop that for a while. I, I, I intentionally said, I'm not doing anything I don't want to do, whether it was exercising or eating. I just said for a while, let me just do what feels right. And, um, and it was around that time that I remember looking at myself in the mirror and thinking, holy shit, I look like that. And I'm damn beautiful. And I, it was like, I had never realized what I actually looked like. And it was so interesting because I was looking at myself through this distorted lens that I had inherited both from my mother and also from society and from the culture. So there were so many moments like that where I was like, I have to start talking about this. Like, why aren't more people talking about the mother wound and how all of us have it? It's, it's so taboo still, but it's really, I began to see that, holy mackerel, you know, this isn't something we need to avoid or feel shame about. This is actually a doorway into really embodying the truth of who we are and it really gives us the insights and the realizations that we need to move into our truth and, and to live that way, you know, not just conceptually or intellectually, but like really embody it. And that's what I really felt was like I was able to embody the power and the truth, the authenticity and the deep, unique being that I am. The only way I could do that was really through <laughs> healing the mother wound. It's like, the things I was looking for through spirituality and I didn't find them there. I actually found them in the last place I wanted to look, which was looking at the mother wound. Yeah. We always, we often have to go through that, the pain or the grief or whatever it is, the darkness, if you will, in order to get to that place of, of true connection within ourselves. And I think that that's really scary for people. And we, and we, you know, it's natural yeah. to want to take the instant gratification, you know, the quote unquote spiritual bypassing route, because it seems yeah. so much easier. <laughs> Nobody wants to go and visit the the little dark corners of our closets. It's so true. It's so true. And I, I remember feeling that, at, you know, how scary it is. And I still go through it now. I'm still healing my mother wound. I'm still going through so many layers. But the cool thing is, and this is something I really want to convey to your your tribe, that while it's really uncomfortable in moments, it's so worth it. Mm -hmm. It's so worth it because what you gain through going through it can never be taken away from you. You know, it's like when we're on the surface and we just kind of dip our toe in, there's definitely changes, you know, but they're more superficial and the deeper stuff always comes back, right? It's like the replicates itself and these patterns that we're constantly dealing with. So to me, I've learned over the you know decades of doing this work, like the investment of time and money and you know getting the right support and the energy in really making your inner life the center is the way to go because the payoff, you know, the gifts that we get in this are so huge and life-changing and miraculous. 
So if any of you guys are feeling like, oh my God, I don't even want to look at this. Like this is so scary. Know that there's so many women who have done it before and that you can do it too. And Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of getting the support and the right tools. And it's really an initiation into like, I think embodying the divine feminine that is being kind of born in the world right now that the world really needs. Mm -hmm. And I think we're all here for that, you know, as women that we're here on the planet right now, it's really intense and a really huge opportunity, I think, for us to really step into something huge. And it's not always the huge thing isn't always changing the world outside. I think we actually do have to take some steps, you know, in the world, of course, but really the work that has the biggest impact, I think, is this kind of work that we need to do on ourselves in terms of decluttering and detoxing from these really toxic messages that we've inherited as women. And the mother wound really is that. It's it's these inherited beliefs and patterns and dynamics that as children, we thought, oh, this is reality. You know, this is truth with a capital T, right? Like we look at our mothers and we, of course, we're built to mimic and learn from her. But oftentimes the stuff that she's passed down to us, whether unconsciously and or unintentionally, or sometimes because of her own wounds, that stuff becomes kind of the raw material of who we are. And so our task is to really work through that, let go of the stuff that's not ours, let go of the negative beliefs and limitations, and hold on to all the good stuff, you know, that our mothers have sent to us and have passed down so that we can really, you know, step into our destiny, really. Yeah, so you mentioned the mother wound being characterized by these beliefs, patterns, and dynamics that have been passed down to us. And I imagine there's many different iterations of of what this looks like. I think each of our experiences are probably unique. But are there any common themes that would be helpful for the listeners to know to then identify in their own life? Absolutely. Yeah, some are the the mother wound manifests in a lot of different ways for like a huge range of things because, you know, we're all different. Our mothers are different people and the way they've impacted us can be different. But there are themes you know, there are themes, you know, some of us experienced our mothers as invasive and dominating. Some of us experienced our mothers as neglecting and abandoning. And some of us experienced both sides of those things at the same time with our mothers in different Mm -hmm. situations. And it can manifest in different ways in our lives, you know, from, you know, eating disorders, addictions, competition, a sense of competition with other women, a sense of comparison and not feeling good enough, things like perfectionism, rigidity, feeling like we have to control things in order to feel safe. It can really be a whole range of things. And I'd say one of the biggest things I've heard, and I've talked to women from all over the world about this issue And some of the most common things I've heard from women are things like, you know, when I'm doing poorly or when I'm struggling, my mother is more available to me. But when I'm doing great and flourishing, my mother feels more distant or more critical from to me in those times. So that's one of the things I think I've heard the most. Things like I can never be good enough for her. Like things like she feels a sense of entitlement to me in my life. And what the common denominator is when you get down to it a little deeper, I think is, you know, the mother wound is really a product of patriarchy, which means that 
we live in cultures that say that women are less than. That's a basic kind of definition. Yes. That women have a sense of infor- inferiority. And this atmosphere really distorts the mother wound dynamic. I mean, sorry, the mother daughter dynamic into a sense of scarcity, like that there's not enough love, there's not enough power, there's not enough respect, or there's not enough, you know, approval or something for both mother and daughter. So in a sense, it's it's really kind of an, an impersonal thing. You know, we're living in this atmosphere where women aren't respected and valued and understood and celebrated. And so that naturally creates a tension in the mother-daughter relationship. And often what happens is some form of guilt and shame on the sense of the daughter that things like, oh, you know, I can't be my full self because if I'm really successful and beautiful and happy, then my mother's going to feel left behind. Or, you know, I don't want to surpass my mother. Things like, I've seen my mother struggle and sacrifice herself for me and she's done so much for me. Who am I to be really happy when she's suffered so much? These are some other things that I hear. Yes. And I think, um, sorry, were you going to, did I cut you off just there? I was just going to say one more thing that Mm -hmm. what this really is, is kind of a sense of enmeshment. There's a sense of kind of codependency. This scarcity fosters a sense of codependency between mothers and daughters where there's not enough room. There's not enough space for both mother and daughter to both be loved, equally held as powerful and important. And that's really what this work on healing the mother wound does, I believe. And I've seen it so many times now. It's like when we heal this wound to a sufficient point, what ends up happening is we begin to feel that this is possible, that there's a spaciousness that can come to being where we can love our mothers and have compassion for them and feel gratitude for them and also hold ourselves as equally valuable, lovable, and important. And I think this this process of healing the mother wound that I teach helps to break that enmeshment and to create a sense of abundance between mothers and daughters. And I think this is really exciting because we can, in doing so, we can create a whole new path and a whole new sense of possibility for the daughters that are coming after us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know you mentioned that it being a product of the patriarchy. And I think for a lot of a lot of women listening and, and myself, our mothers were a part of the baby boomer generation where mm. domesticity was very much idealized and it was accepted that the man held the authority figure. And then they kind of went through that second wave of feminism and then we were born past that. So I guess I'm I'm curious to know the influence of the different cultures like the, in terms of the decades and what was happening on the mother wound and you know how does that trickle down to affect the next generation of women so i guess for example in my case my mom being a baby boomer and me being more of a someone who was born into a different kind of culture where women were more independent and the male as even though we still live in a patriarchal society <laughs> women mm-hmm. um women are more independent and and do have more authority roles at least more opportunities for that so what mm. yeah what's the influence of that yeah it's really interesting there's a couple different threads to it like some broad strokes that i've seen are especially in my traveling and in different parts of the world especially in like eastern europe number one cultures that have had a recent war So when war is really recent in the memory of the culture, the mother wound is even more entrenched and overt. 
and even especially also in older generations of women across cultures, the older generations where patriarchy was more overt, like, you know, the woman was at home, there was no opportunities for her much. Mm -hmm. Really more virulent forms of the mother wound are found. So yeah, having been trapped in the home, having no opportunities, having no really resources, feeling isolated, there is a real sense of deprivation, you know, in those earlier generations where people didn't talk about, you know, things like alcoholism or domestic violence and things that are more common, you know, talked about now, they were really under the rug. And those people really believed that if we didn't talk about it, that it would go away, that there was a way that you could put this stuff out of your mind. And that's what children were taught. Like you're, you're seen, but not heard Mm -hmm. is children. You have no rights. Obedience is number one. And that's really the the real nasty patriarchal power over dynamic. So families that lived under that kind of patriarchal rule, that iron fist of the father, so to speak, really rough, you know, manifestations of the mother wound and the father wound too, of course. So, but it was like the mother in those situations becomes the real purveyor of those patriarchal messages. She's simultaneously one who passes down the rule of the father, but she also is deeply wounded herself. So mothers are really in the tough position where they didn't have the resources. There was no therapy, you know, like therapy and coaching, these things, you know, trauma was very much less understood and less talked about. So these things were rampantly being passed down from mother to daughter. So in those earlier generations, before the feminism was really common, a common thing, really rough. And our mothers were those daughters, you know. Uh, our mothers and grandmothers, especially now yes. when the coming down the more baby boomer generation, I think it, it takes a different flavor because yes, women were still given, whoa, you know, more opportunities. They were able to work outside the home. Both parents worked. So there was more freedom, but also th- it wasn't a true freedom. There's still, you know, in the workplace, there's still domination and secrets and there wasn't as much freedom for them, although more so. So I think the mother wound became less overt, maybe a little less intense in some situations because women could be outside the home and getting validation, getting more support. However, it became, I think, even a little more underground. So even mothers who did have opportunities, they might, they're they still seeing their daughters grow up with those opportunities right away. Mm-hmm. You know, so there could be that sense of deprivation, that sense of jealousy, even. I mean, that's a big taboo is mother daughter jealousy. And uh, I'm actually that's something I'm thinking about a lot lately and and writing about is how damaging that can feel as a daughter to go through some of that feeling that on the receiving end of jealousy from your mother, because maybe you have opportunities that you just came up for you. As soon as you're born, she had to go through a whole new, you know, a whole level of of uh, oppression that, sh- that you never knew as a daughter. And so that can create some unspoken tension, some unspoken conflict, or, you know, just a sense of negative energy that's unspoken about. Whereas in the earlier generations, it might've been absolutely spoken. Like you can't do that. Or who do you think you are? And, you know, mm-hmm. so it's different by families, but so- those are some of the the broad strokes there. there there's always exceptions to the rule, but Those are some of the key things I've seen across cultures and generations. Oh, it's so fascinating. And I imagine that this 
like you said, can create a conflict when the mother is subconsciously propping up the patriarchy and the daughter is choosing to resist it and be more independent. And I think that at least what resonates with me is there's a feeling of guilt around protecting our boundaries. There's an insecurity about who we are or feeling like we're rejecting the mother by being an independent person with different values. Absolutely. And that's really the key is so many of us are walking around feeling a sense of war inside of ourselves. Like, I want to be loved and approved of and celebrated by my mother, but I want to be different mm-hmm. and different from her. And how do how do I reconcile that? And so, yeah, there's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of women walking around feeling a ton of guilt about their true desires and their true aspirations and their true feelings. I mean, in society, to be mad at your mother is really the equivalent to being called an ungrateful daughter. You know, yes. it's like it's like our culture doesn't. Well, our culture has a very polarizing view of mothers. Mothers are either like exalted and can do no wrong or they're blamed for things, you know? So they're either like deified or demeaned. So as daughters, there's no place for us to put our authentic emotions about our mothers. You know, it's natural to feel angry or sad or disappointed about with our mothers. You know, it's a relationship and human relationships and have all a wide range of emotions, you know, it's, that's healthy, but we've been taught that we should feel shame about the true feelings we may have towards our mothers. And so we suppress them. We feel shame about them. And I want to say something about guilt because this kind of guilt that we carry, we usually equate it to feeling like a bad person. Like, oh, if I feel angry towards my mother, I'm a bad person. I'm a bad daughter. Or If I really want to speak my mind to her and it's something counter to her, I'm not being a good daughter. Like I'm being ungrateful. I'm being disrespectful. Yes. So the thing that I want to, the distinction I tell everyone about guilt is to realize that this kind of guilt that we feel is really not about being a good person or not. It's really about control. And this kind of guilt that we've been feeling, we've been wrongly associating with our own worth and with our own feelings, with our own value as human beings. And so we hide thinking, I'm bad, I'm bad. In reality, the guilt we feel is a product of a culture that wants to control women, control how we express ourselves for the benefit of a group of usually men. You know, it's really kind of a relic of this old patriarchal culture that's really, I think, dying on its deathbed. So I encourage women to feel the guilt and continue meaning feel the guilt and speak your truth anyway. Of course, you're going to do it in a respectful way, but don't allow guilt to control you. I think that's something that we're growing out of. And one of the key points on my journey that really helped was I saw, wait a second, I am never going, there is no payoff and it's completely futile to believe these ideas that I'm a bad person when I have genuine, healthy emotions about an experience. You know what I mean? Like, We have to really debunk these beliefs that say that we're being a good girl when we're small, when we're invisible, when we're silent. There's no, nobody benefits from that. There's no, and there's no end to it. You know, it's actually a futile thing to continue to live that way. So I really encourage women to see, really look at the guilt, you know, really look at it like, who is this benefiting? Why do I feel this way? You know, and to see it really as just an old relic of control that's been passed down through the generations. 
And to be, I encourage women to be rebels and to break out of that and to really validate and see your emotions as valuable and worthy and worth listening to. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes it makes total sense to me. And I guess on the the heels of that, I'm wondering about how to deal with situations where you have to put in some firm boundaries that may hurt your mother. And I, that's so difficult for women. What is your advice to women in that situation? Yeah, I really believe boundaries are key in the relationship between mothers and daughters. It's such a key distinction. And there's a mindset that you really want to, you know, get mindsets really key. So what I like to tell people, and and this is part, I think my role is to educate women that healing the mother wound and developing a healthy relationship with your mother is not the same as blaming your mother. And I think a lot of people think that blame, they don't want to blame their mother. And so I want to tell, tell people, you know, it's not blaming your mother. This is all about having a healthy relationship with yourself and a healthy relationship with your mom. And most moms, not most, I would say many moms can adapt, right? And some moms can't. And you're not going to know where your mom falls on that spectrum until you take a step. So I like to invite women to take a small step with boundaries. Just start small. You know, some moms and daughters are really enmeshed, like the mother wants to call them the daughter every day on the phone. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yep, exactly. So that's kind of like more on the, you know, it's really intense relationship. It's really kind of more on the codependent side. And then there's other mothers who, you know, might not talk all the time, but maybe when they're on the phone, it's like, it's all about the mother. You know, it's all about the mother just wants to talk about herself. She wants to dump on the daughter. Different. There's lots of different ways to set boundaries. And so I would invite you to think about what are the situations that really cause stress w- between you and your mom? So what, what is the most tense dynamic that's going on for you? And then the second question I would ask you is, what's the pressure that's happening? Usually what's happening is some form of the mom expecting the daughter to be a certain way, to wear a certain mask or to show up in a, a certain way. The mom relies on the daughter to be whatever, the good little girl or the... I don't know, whatever form it could be. And the daughter usually feels like she wants to be more authentic. You know, like the the daughter is like, I just want to be my real self with her without it becoming a, a conflict. So I would invite you to ask yourself, what would you like that situation to be like? You know, what, for you, just take a second and think, think about if you could have it any way you wanted, how would you behave? How would you respond in that situation with your mother? So really giving yourself the space to think about what would be right for you? What would be most authentic? What would be the preferred way for you to interact with her? So thinking about that for a while. And then the next question I ask people with boundaries is, what could be one small step that you could take right now that would get you moving in that direction? So for example, with the talking on the phone every day, and maybe you don't want to talk with her every day, Mm -hmm. start presenting that idea in some way. Like, you know, mom, I'm not going to be able to talk to you tomorrow. I have this, this, this going on. You know, I'll, t- I'll give you a call when I, when I have a chance. You know, it might be two days from now. You know, just start really small like that and see what happens. See if she can adjust to that. If it's kind of a situation where the mother's more toxic and it's not just talking on the phone every day, it's more like, you know, she's being super critical and downright cruel to you, 
then I would, you know, take a stronger stand. You know, it's different for everybody, but I would say if there's toxic dynamics happening, you want to get support from people who get you and love you and, you know, are, can be there for you and then make, set a boundary with her. Like, this isn't acceptable. This doesn't feel good to me when you say this to me, you know, really just tell her like, this is how I'm experiencing you. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel acceptable to me. This is how I'd like you to, to talk to me. And, you know, see what happens. Let her have her own experience because it's so powerful to set boundaries with your mom and so many levels. Number one, it shows that the little girl inside of you, that you're not a little girl anymore. You don't need to tolerate this behavior. You're not dependent on your mother for survival anymore. You could find that you actually could have a really more authentic, loving relationship with your mom. You could, you could be surprised. And I've seen it. There are times when moms actually learn from this and are really like, wow, you know, they're open to learning. They're open to growing with their daughters. So it's really worth doing for so many reasons. And the first reason is for you. You know, this is your life. You get to live the way you want to. You get to make your own decisions and you make choices around who gets access to you and when. That's so helpful. Yeah, go ahead. And I want to say too that, you know, when you can do this with your mother, it has powerful reverberations and ripple effects where you become able to set these boundaries effectively with other people in your life. This is like the hardest, you know, in many ways, setting boundaries with your mom, speaking your truth to your mom, especially if she's been in some way dependent or enmeshed with you in any way. This is like the real deal. This is the ground on which you really claim your power and you're going to make mistakes and that's okay. Like that's so okay. And it really frees you up. It sends such a strong message to your subconscious that you're able to set boundaries with all kinds of other relationships. So it opens up a lot of things. It, it demonstrates that you're wor- you feel your self-worth. You know, it's a dem- boundaries are so amazing and powerful. And I think very key ways that we can change our lives. They're powerful demonstrations of how much we value and love ourselves. And, you know, what we say no to opens us up to what we what we can say yes to. Yeah. And I think it's so tricky because a lot of the time, I think what we're going after is that approval from our mother that can just be this pattern that keeps showing up and showing up because we never actually receive that magical cue that's going to make us suddenly feel good enough. Yeah. I want to say, can I say something about that? Yes. Part of healing the mother wound, one of the key parts on the journey, and I teach a seven-step process on how to do this, and one of the steps is around allowing ourselves to grieve that our mothers, you know, the ways in which our mothers can't be the mothers that we've wanted them to be. Mm -hmm. A lot of us carry around this dream, I call it the impossible dream, that one day our mothers will change, that there's some, if we're just good enough, if we're just meet some impossible, you know, some standard whether it's once I get married or once I get this degree or once I do X, Y, or Z, then my mother is going to see me. And then she's going to, you know, I had this dream. I totally did. I was like, you know, one day when I get this big job or whatever, then my mother is going to be, she's going to be like, oh my gosh, I was so wrong, Bethany. I totally see you. You're amazing. You can do anything. Like I was really, I realized like after many layers of getting down to it, that impossible dream was driving me in so many areas of my life. And I, once I really came to terms with the fact that my mother didn't have the capacity to see me in the ways that I wanted her to, it was so difficult, but it was like this huge weight became lifted off of me mm-hmm. because there was, I was putting so much pressure on myself 
I wasn't allowing myself to really enjoy my life. I was chasing after this elusive thing that was from my childhood, you know, because that, that impossible dream helped me survive my childhood. And that's really what it is. The impossible dream that our mothers will change is a dream that helped us get through childhood and helped us survive really tough situations. And so when we can identify it in our lives as adults, we can really remove a huge barrier and all this energy that's been kind of wrapped up in that can be returned to us and used for things that really help us, you know, used for whatever we want. It's like our own life force. And so we have to grieve this. This is a big thing to grieve and grapple with the limitations of our mothers, that our mothers are not, they don't, she doesn't have the power to give you, you know, pure happiness and joy. She's a human being with flaws and wounds and her own journey that has, you know, a lot of the times the pain we feel in relation to our mothers has nothing to do with us. You know, it was often her own sense of deprivation or sadness that she wasn't maybe processing for whatever reason. It got projected onto us. And so when we grieve all this, the fact that we were children, we couldn't have changed our families even if we wanted to. Oh my gosh, it just opens up a whole new level of joy because we've taken on so much responsibility. We've been chasing after something that can't happen. And so when we can really allow ourselves to grieve that with lots of support, it's huge. It's life-changing. Yeah, that's that's so important. And I remember reading that when I first came to your website and downloaded your free your free guide was about that that grief process. What other steps are you willing to share today in terms of moving forward and healing that mother wound? Absolutely. I think another big step that you can take a huge one is looking at what I call the mother gap. So the mother gap is the gap between what you needed from your mother and what you actually received. So there's no mother out there that's perfect. You know, moms aren't perfect. They're human beings. Like I said, we all have a mother gap. You know, it's, it's not something to feel shame about. It's not something for mothers to feel guilty about. It's just, it's basically part of being a human being, I think. Right. But a lot of us have, we have this mother, this mother gap, and the gap is what we didn't get. And it's often this gap that causes a lot of pain for us in the sense that we may be searching for mothering in different ways. You know, we might be searching for mothering from our bosses, from our spouses, from our friends. And we, we look around trying to get this gap filled from people and situations that can't really fill it. So what I invite people to do is think about that. You know, what were the gaps? What was the gap between what I needed from my mom and what I actually received? It could be something like, I really needed my mother to see me. I needed her to like, listen to me, to see me. And she didn't, she couldn't, she had too much going on. She was struggling herself. And so I'm looking for that through other people always to see me, to get me, to understand me, to celebrate me. So looking at that and getting clarity on what was it that you needed that you didn't get? And the second part of that is what kind of mask or story did you create in order to compensate for that gap? So for example, not getting seen, not getting attention, not getting validated or celebrated might, you know, you might have worn the, the mask of the good girl so that other people, you know, always like caretaking other people, putting yourself last, overworking that's a common one. You know, people who women who deprive themselves thinking they have to put everybody first in order to finally one day they'll get what they need, you know? So there's the mental clarity on getting the clarity on what was it that you needed that you didn't get. And the second part of that is doing the emotional processing around that or like really grieving that that happened to you. 
that you really needed that as a little girl. And your mom might have not been able to be there for you, not because she was a bad person, not because she was, you know, this horrible being, but because she just, for whatever reason, her own life, whatever it was, had nothing to do with you. She couldn't be that for you. And so getting clarity on that mother gap helps you then get keys on how can you fill that mother gap from within yourself. And that's the part around inner mothering where we, that's a process that I teach on how to be that mother to yourself that you always needed. Cause it's really that little girl inside of you that often sabotages things. Yes. Um, and, and so we might know all the answers intellectually and conceptually, but it's really comes down to that little girl that's still looking for mom that really causes problems in our relationships and in our careers and all kinds of things. So when we can be that mother to our inner child, it's a really huge empowerment piece that it's difficult to overstate how powerful that is and how you can become your own primary source of comfort, affirmation, and support. And it really comes down to self-care and learning how to soothe and reassure that little girl inside of you. Because once that little girl feels safe to a certain degree, you know, once you get to a threshold and no one knows it's different for everybody, but once you cultivate that inner bond to a sufficient point, ooh, it opens up all new range of how you can be unstoppable and fearless in your life because that little girl inside of you knows that you as your adult self are capable of keeping her safe. That's so powerful. And you've given so many good questions to ask ourselves throughout this. So I really, really appreciate you doing that because I think that my mind is going and I'm sure everybody listening is probably taking notes and thinking about all of these questions that you've asked us to ask of ourselves. Yeah. I mean, this it's an enormous, our relationship with our mothers is such a rich enormous source of information about how we came to be who we are, where we want to go. It's, it's so this isn't about blame or guilt or anything. Looking at the relationship with our mothers is just an enormously empowering, deeply transformational process that I think every woman is the most important thing every woman needs to look at because this is where we really actualize who we really want to be and can use whatever we've received from our mothers as a powerful launching point into our true destiny, into our true potential and our true power. And the more of us that can do this and model this for other women, the more rapidly our world is going to shift. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's your advice for mothers out there who are listening, who want to ensure that they create a loving relationship, like so that they're kind of limiting the extent of the mother wound with their with their daughters or with their children? Yeah, absolutely. My biggest advice for mothers is to heal your own mother wound Mm, because whatever we don't work on as whatever we don't process from our own childhood, we will pass on because it's unconscious. So it's really about healing our daughterhood is what really equips us to be good enough mothers. So for example, the more that we can empathize with the child, the little girl that we were, the more we're going to be able to empathize with our own daughters. Yes. So really the biggest thing you can do as a mom to really help your children and be the best mom you want to be is to heal your own mother wound, whatever you didn't get from your own mom and to be a good mom to yourself, you know, to really fill that mother gap because that that way you're really coming from a place of fullness and abundance from within yourself and from that place then you can really show up and be present with your kids in a really authentic powerful way. Oh, that's such good advice. Yeah, and also I also want to say to moms that 
kids don't, I really don't believe kids need perfect moms. I don't mm. believe that at all. I think no. that what kids need is moms who make mistakes and keep working on themselves and are really transparent about that. You know, sometimes when there's a gap in, in the connection with a mother and a child, that's okay because that gap can actually serve to reinforce and strengthen the connection when a parent is able to say, Hey, I see I made a mistake there. You know, I'm learning too, and I'm going to do better and I'm going to keep trying no matter what. You know, a lot of us had situations in our families, especially the more patriarchal families, where there was the sense that the child, the parent gave up and the parent stopped trying and the parent just let the child go, you know, emotionally and to fend for themselves in many ways. And that's really the hardest part, I think, is when a child feels deeply abandoned, that there was no effort made for whatever reason, you know, it's not blaming the parent, but that sense of like, they didn't keep trying. And so I think when we can, you know, you're going to make mistakes as a parent, big ones, and that's just part of the journey, but it's not about being perfect. It's about really being transparent that you're on your journey too. And you love the child enough to keep going and to keep trying. So good. I could ask you so many more things. <laughs> I feel like this could go on, but I know we're coming to a close here. So I really appreciate all the incredible words of wisdom that you've left us with. Where can people find more of you? Absolutely. My website is womboflight.com. So it's W-O-M as in Mary, B as in boy, O-F as in Frank, L-I-G-H-T.com, Womb of Light. And on my website, you guys can find a free ebook. It's called Transforming the Inner Mother, How to Become the Mother You've Always Wanted to Yourself. And that's a free ebook you can sign up for. And um, I also have an online course, which is an enormous value. It's the whole journey of the seven steps of healing the mother wound. It's an online course you can follow at your own pace. And there's also a very vibrant global Facebook group of women it's just a remarkable community that you get to be a part of when you join the course. And I also offer group Q&A calls every two weeks oh, nice. when you join the course. So you get access to me in this course. And it's basically lifetime membership. Once you buy the course, you're in, you're into the community, you're into the Q&A calls, you have the content forever. So it's really a family. It's a family of women doing this very deep, powerful work and transforming their communities and their families and their organizations. So I invite you to check that out if any of you are interested. That's and amazing. I also have a coaching program that's for women leaders, uh, women who are entrepreneurs, creatives, CEOs, women who really want to increase their impact and leadership in the world and know that the mother wound issues are holding them back. That's also on my website too. And there's a ton of free articles and things to check out and play with. So womboflight.com is where you can find me and all kinds of fun stuff to check out. Yeah, I, lo I love your website. I love your articles. Uh, I'm going to link to all of these in the show notes at summerinandin.com forward slash 82. That's 82. Thank you so much. You're I'm, welcome. Thanks I, for this was me. This was amazing. I'm so happy that I finally got you on the show and that we were able to do this because your your work has had a huge impact in, in my life and I know other women too because I'm always referring you. So I really appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you, Summer. It's really been so much fun to be on your show. And thanks everyone for listening. Have a great day. Rock on. Wow, that episode was amazing. I wrote down all the questions that she asked, and I'm going to go and do some work on my own mother wound. 
as I said, Bethany's been a huge influence in in my own life in terms of just piecing together the dynamics of the relationship that I have with my mother. I definitely recommend getting her free guide. You guys can get that at summerinandin.com forward slash 82. You'll see the link in the show notes. Once again, we have some big things coming next week, so keep your eyes peeled for that. I'll also be talking about it in next week's podcast. I will see you then. Rock on. 